Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. This is a 15-week study of Who Holds Forgiveness. The word forgiveness brings different emotions to each of us. Join us as we dig deeper into who holds forgiveness. Here's Jacqueline. Um, freedom in Christ. No. Gee, I try that again. Who holds forgiveness? <laughs> There's a couple of studies going on, and it's all fun and wonderful. I absolutely love that I get to uh, read Scripture. Don't you love that you get to read Scripture? It's a joy every time you get to just hold the book in your hands. When you're on your knees and you're praying and you don't know what to pray, and you just grab your Bible and just hold your Bible. We have Scripture. I absolutely love that God gave us something tangible that we can hold. We can cherish that when we're working on a, a prayer matter in our life, we can take this with us and just set it on our lap. We could even just open it. And it doesn't matter where you're opening it. There's power in scripture. Take this with you. Take this with you everywhere you go. We get, we get power from the word of God. My prayer is that we'll get power from the Word of God regarding who holds forgiveness in Mark 14 today. We're going to do Mark 14, and we're going to discuss, but I don't know so much if we're going to read Mark chapter 4 as well. So our hearts and our prayers and our thoughts and our attention today is going to be in Mark chapter 4 and Mark chapter 14. That's where we're going to be in our study today. There is one particular verse in Mark chapter 4 in which Jesus is giving the parable of the seeds and the, the different locations in which the sower spreads the seeds and the different actions that happen upon each seed. And when he finishes telling this parable, he says these words, You who have ears to hear, hear. My prayer today is that we will hear, that we'll see what happens in the life of a seed when it grows. And it's a beautiful thing to see as you read through Mark chapter 4 and when you read through Mark 14 and when you glance through Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, it's beautiful to see that the beginning of a seed's story is never the end of a seed's story. Not until Jesus comes again. That seed today doesn't mean that that needs to be the place of that seed always. Does that make sense? So my prayer is as we look through Mark 14 that you'll see reflections of humans that match these seeds and see their story as it moves and transitions from one location, from one soil, if you will, to another soil, to another soil. A seed, a seed moves, seasons change. We're going to pray and then look at Mark 14. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we love you so intimately because you love us so passionately. I thank you so much for being our God. We thank you so much for being our Father. We thank you so much for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. We thank you for sending your Spirit, your very Spirit, to dwell within us. So that when we don't have the words and we don't have the emotions and we don't have the thoughts, your spirit within us conveys with your spirit in you and we become one with the Father. This is Jesus' prayer in John 17. How we are just in awe of how big you are and how much you love us. 
Oh, Lord God, you love us so much. I pray that you'll help us to see us for who we are. I pray that you'll help us even to love ourselves the way you love us so that we can become so intentional on the soil that we want to invest in, that we can be intentional to produce 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold for you, for your kingdom, for your glory, and in awe of who you are. We thank you for sowing your word. We thank you for giving us your scripture. I pray that you help us to use it, to glean from it, to grow in it, and to root ourselves so deeply in your word. Lord Jesus, we love you, and it is in your name that we pray. Amen. Mark chapter 14. This chapter is absolutely amazing. It's not a short chapter of Mark. Mark is the shortest book of the four Gospels of Matthew, of Mark, of Luke, and of John. Mark is the shortest, but some of his chapters are not short. There's a lot of words in his book. Mark chapter 14, we talk about Jesus. We see a lot about Jesus. We see Jesus being anointed uh, by a woman at his feet. We see that story. And I pray that you'll take time to look through these stories in light of Mark 4 and the four different seeds. We see in verse 10, when we look at Mark 14, we see in verse 10, then Judas Iscariot And you think of the four different seeds. And I do apologize for anyone who does not know what those four seeds are. But I pray that your personal study will be on Mark 4 to look through what those four different seeds are. But for a time and for today's study, consider Judas Iscariot. Those of you that know the story of Judas Iscariot, consider his seed. Consider how he grasped the word of God, how he understood the word of God, how he followed the word in the flesh. He followed Jesus, Judas Iscariot did. But yet his seed was consumed by those in the world. Isn't it fascinating? It's fascinating how we can look at our own seeds and we can say, well, this is where my life is and this is where the soil is and I'm so excited, I'm so much in the word of God and then something happens and you forget about your soil. Can we not judge others And when this happens because we're all susceptible, aren't we? I grew up hearing about evangelists that leave their wives. I grew up hearing about marriages of pastors that fell apart. I grew up with people that you would never imagine doing the things and not even growing up today. Today, we see men of God who are called to produce a hundredfold for the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, you learn the truth. It's heartbreaking. Every time it's heartbreaking. And I pray that we see Um, The word forgiveness, as we consider these, the reality that these seeds represent humans and the lives that they live, then Judas Iscariot in verse 10, it says, who was one of the 12. He went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they, the chief priests, heard of what Judas said, The chief priests were glad and promised to give Judas Iscariot money for selling out his Jesus. 
From that point on, the chief priests, who are also seeds in themselves, picture where they are in Mark chapter 4, and he sought an opportunity to betray him. Judas was a seed represented in Mark 4. Judas sat under the teaching of Jesus when Jesus was explaining them in parable about the four different seeds. I wonder what went through Judas's head when he sat there and heard about the four different seeds. And Jesus said the first seed fell upon the path, the wide path that Satan is right over, ready to snatch the word of God anytime it fell. And Judas sat there relieved. I would imagine, oh, that's not me. Okay, that's not me. And he heard of the other seed that fell on the rocky ground and the birds came and consumed. And I wonder if at that point Judas thought, Okay, that's, that, that, that's not me. That's not me. Curious where Judas was when he heard the parable of the seeds. He sat under Jesus' teaching at this point. And then here we fast forward from Mark 4 to Mark 14. We fast forward about two, two and a half years, let's say. And here he is and not giving a thought about his soil. And I wonder if at any point... During this time period in Judas's life, did he go through and remember the parable of the seeds? I wonder. I don't know. We can look down further in Mark chapter 14 and see the Passover that takes place between Jesus and his disciples. And again, Judas is there dipping his bread in the oil with his Jesus. We see Peter. We see Peter a lot in Mark chapter 14. We see Peter swearing, promising, I will not, I will not betray you. I will not. That is not the seed in which I dwell. That is not me. I will never. And Jesus says, keep your ears open. Keep your ears open and listen to that rooster. Because tonight you will. And devastation. Could you even imagine being told you're going to deny me? You're going to deny me today. Jesus says that to you, and you would respond the same way as Peter, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have that same response? You're sitting there, you're in your prayer closet, you're in your time of prayer with God, and Jesus says to you in prayer, you're going to deny me today. You'd be like, wait, my prayer life, something's not right. This this isn't going to happen. You'd be the same. I would be the same. I'd say, there's no way, Lord, there's, there's no way. I would never. And then we sit here and I wonder if we could look back at our life post our salvation date and ever have that moment of, yeah, I failed. I failed speaking the name of Jesus at that point. I denied his presence. When I was in the store and the Holy Spirit said, tell this person about Jesus. And instead I said, have a good day. Did I deny the presence of Jesus in my life and in her life today? We see Jesus being taken to a garden with his disciples. Jesus goes there and he takes Peter with them and he takes James and he takes John with them and they gather together and they pray together. And it's verse 39 that I want our eyes to look upon. Mark chapter 14. And I pray the Lord will speak what the Lord wants our hearts to hear. As we look at Mark 14, verse 39, it says, And again, and forgive me, I'm jumping right in the center of a story, and I pray that you 
take this as your personal challenge of what you need to learn from this story here. And again, he, this is Jesus. And again, Jesus went away and Jesus prayed. And when he prayed, Jesus said the same words. In light of who holds forgiveness, and in light of the four seeds that we see in Mark 4, and in light of Judas Iscariot, and in light of Peter, and in light of you, and in light of names that we may have written on a whiteboard, names that we may have written on a piece of paper, a name that is so scarred in the back of our brain that we don't want to contemplate. Every single one of these, from Judas to that person that brought us to this issue of forgiveness, every single one of us are seeds represented in Mark chapter 4. Every single one of us. There is not a human alive then or now that is not represented by a seed that Jesus speaks of in Mark chapter 4. Interesting way to view people is in light of, of the seeds. And it's interesting in light of the word forgiveness, when we think who holds forgiveness. And there's two things that we can hold on to with this process. One is, there is a time in each of our lives that our seed was seed number one. When we did not know Jesus, right? Can you think back at that time? When you had that moment where the word was brought to you and you were like, nah. Somebody may have said the words, I'm praying for you when you were unsaved. Have you ever as an unsaved person heard somebody say to you, I'm praying for you? And you're like, thanks. Like we say that as Christians to one another and it fills our soul. I got a text this morning from one of our dear women who are, who's home recovering um, from a fall and she prayed over me via text this morning. Oh, how full my heart is as a child of God when a child of God says to me, I'm praying for you. Imagine an unsaved person hearing that passion that you're pouring to that person saying, I'm praying for you. And you know the depth of what you're saying, but that unsaved person, that seed is saying, okay, (laughs) thanks. It's a strange phenomenon because the Holy Spirit isn't there to fill that unsaved person's soul in the power of prayer. Do you remember that time when you were that seed? And are you so thankful that that it wasn't the end of your seed story? You've changed. To grow you where you are right now in this word of forgiveness, will you, if you have not, forgive yourself for being that seed? I'm curious if there's someone in this room, someone in our study that has not forgiven themselves of being unsaved. It's a struggle. Some people sit there in their light and they're producing fruit and they want to produce fruit and they're trying to produce fruit, but every time they go to produce fruit, Satan comes up at them and say, but you are are that. And instead of producing fruit and and doing what Jesus did here in verse 39 and going away again and praying again and saying the same words again, that right there is the answer to your soil's problem. Follow Jesus' example. Follow Jesus' example. Will you forgive yourself for the different seeds that you were? 
I'm curious if there's some of us that once upon a time, maybe in our earlier decade of life, have a memory of saying, I was on fire for Jesus at this time. And then life happened. And then life happened. And then I blinked. And now here I am. And all those years I lived without testifying of Jesus, all those years I lived without the power of Jesus in my life. And here I am today and I'm supposed to produce fruit, but I ignored him for so many years. Do you know God has forgiven that? The question is, will you forgive that for you? That's one. The other thing is allow that to produce compassion on somebody else. This is where the word judgment comes in. So I wrote a book on submission. I'm right now finishing up my book on judgment. And I think about that a lot when it comes to this realm of our seeds and with forgiveness, but we sit there in our soil, happily growing in our soil. But as we happily grow in our soil, we look at the soils, the different seeds around us, and we're like, hmm. (laughs) Do we not? And we forget to give the fruit that comes from the forgiveness that we glean from our Father God And we forget to allow that fruit to affect those around us and have compassion on those that were living for the Lord, but life choked them because life is hard and life chokes us sometimes. Will we in our moment of producing fruit have compassion on that one? And instead of judging and saying, well, I used to serve Jesus with that woman and that woman has nothing to do with serving right now. And we flick our nose. At these women, can we not do that and instead go out for coffee? Seriously, can we meet up with these women and say, I understand hardship. I understand when you're questioning the love of God. I understand wanting to just give up and walk away. Can we talk about Jesus? Can we talk about scripture? Is there anything I can do for you? do for you. Interesting. The power that happens when we're able to forgive ourselves for our different seeds or different seasons and what happens when we forgive ourselves and we're able to forgive others and let that fruit of forgiveness grow others while they're in a hard time. Does that all make sense? Jesus says in verse 39, and again, not Jesus says, Mark wrote this about Jesus. And again, he went away and he prayed And he said the same words, the same words that Jesus said were the same words that we read throughout this passage where Jesus is getting ready to produce a hundredfold from his life. He was ready to produce all the fruit from all his work as he was getting ready to die on the cross, as he was ready to shed his blood for you and me. And right before that happened, he gets on his knees time and again, and he says the same words. And he says, if this cup can pass, please, please let this cup pass. Nevertheless, your will. Jesus says, it's your will. Let me, Jesus says, do what you want me to do, even though my flesh does not. My flesh doesn't want to do it. So much Jesus loves us. Imagine this. You'll see this when you look into Mark 15. Jesus is 
on the cross and he's being mocked by those at the foot of the cross. And the ones at the foot of the cross are mocking Jesus by saying the words, he saved others, but he can't save himself. Do you know if Jesus got off that cross that day, every single person around him would have gotten saved? Every single one would have been like, oh, okay, yep, he's God, got it. You and I would not have been saved. Salvation would have stopped there. That's how much Jesus loves us. Jesus was able to do his love for us through prayer. Through prayer. And he's teaching Peter a lesson. And we talked about Peter a couple of times throughout this study. But he's teaching Peter specifically a lesson. And James and John are here on this lesson, but it's a specific conversation that he has with Peter. And he says, you're sleeping. You need to stay awake and pray. You need to stay awake and pray. You need to stay awake and pray. At the same time, he's saying, you're going to deny me. You need to stay awake and pray. I'm wondering what would happen if Peter stayed awake and prayed. Curious. There's power in prayer, Jesus is teaching the disciples. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. Do you get that? There's power in prayer. Sometimes prayer is the last thing we want to do. Because we want to use our hands. We want to use our feet. We want to do something. And Jesus says, you can't do anything without prayer. You want to move that mountain? Pray. You want to produce fruit? Pray. You want to be that seed in that soil? Pray. What am I going to pray? The same words. Excuse me. You want to pray the same words, the same words, the same words. Lord, it's your will. It's your will. And when we talk about the word who holds forgiveness and you have that issue, forgiveness, sweet friend, forgive, forgive. Say, God, I don't want to. I don't want to. Never the less, sweet Jesus, not my will, but yours. Let me pray that same prayer and pray that same prayer. And every day and every moment and every time that person comes to mind, every time that situation comes to mind, pray the same prayer and pray that prayer again and then pray it again. And then the seed will produce fruit and it'll pr produce 10%. I love how Jesus in, in his parable says that there's going to be 30-fold and there's going to be 60-fold and there's going to be 100-fold, but it's got to start at one-fold, doesn't it? Be proud of that one-fold. You prayed one-fold fruit. <sighs> I don't know how to garden to save my soul. I can garden as well as I can take hot rolls out of the oven. I don't know how to do that. But I did just, I got a plant. One of my girlfriends um, from home, from Vegas, <coughs> sent me a plant early this year. It was cute. A little green thing and a little yellow thing. And I took a picture of me with it and sent it to my girlfriend, Kelly. And I'm like, thanks for my plant. And then I prayed for that plant. <laughs> I don't know exactly when. My memory is a little sketchy from this past year. But sometime early in the 2022 year, I received this gift in the mail. I didn't know you could send live plants. Christmas is coming for some people. Maybe that's an idea. Send a live plant to somebody who doesn't keep <laughs> plants alive. It's fantastic. So I got this plant and I sent her this thing. And it's now the end of 2022. That plant is still alive. And, thank you. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, because I received another plant and that plant is not alive, 
but it was in a bigger container. So I, I, by myself, my husband refused to help me because he thinks I need to grow in some areas. I took the soil and the, the plant out of the pot, A, and I put fresh soil and put the soil that was full of roots that were growing and expanding out of that soil. I put that inside the bigger pot to give it more soil to expand more growth. Does that make sense? I did that by myself. <laughs> like soil under the fingernails and all that. I don't do dirty finger work. I did that. I promise you, I feel like I could be completely wrong, but I feel like that plant has gotten bigger in this past month since it's been in the bigger pot of more soil. Is that possible? I'm growing, I'm growing plants. I'm a plant grower. This is what Mark 4 is talking about. This is what happens in our world of forgiveness. We pray and we pray and we pray and we pray the same and we pray the same. And the more you pray, the more your roots expand and the more you need to deepen yourself in the soil. What is the soil? Go back to Mark 4. What is the soil? What are you growing in? What are you growing in? It's this word of God. The word of God is being spread all over the place. And when you get the word of God and you reach yourself so deeply into the soil, into the love of the Father and the love of Jesus Christ filled with the Holy Spirit, this word of God expands and grows and deepens. And you deepen your knowledge of the word of God. First Peter, Peter, Peter who learned this lesson. Peter, who was seed A and seed B and seed C and seed D. Peter, who can understand all of the seeds, writes a letter at the end of his life, and he says, add to your faith. Add to your faith. What is he saying? Deepen your soil. Deepen it. Get that plant out of where you are. Bible study girl who knows scripture, maybe it's time for you to get yourself out of that pot in which you are and deepen and expand your soil. Like, how do I do that? Get into the word even more. Pray even deeper. Take your prayer life into fasting. Fast. When was the last time you fasted with your Jesus? When was the last time you fasted? Like, huh, I'm a prayer warrior. And if you're a prayer warrior, be proud of being a prayer warrior. We need our prayer warriors. Be a prayer warrior. Maybe it's time to take your prayer worrying to fasting. That's you taking your pot and saying, Jesus, I need, I need more room. I need more room. I want to grow. I can see my fruit. My fruit is there. I can see. I would even say, dare say, 50-fold. I can't believe, I can't believe I'm so rich in the soil of you and your love that I've produced 50-fold. I, I want more. I want more. And it's time that you, you repot yourself. Ha! Huh, I'm using gardening words. And gardeners out there are like, you're doing it all wrong. I'm okay with that. This is my 1% growth. <laughs> Give yourself room. Put that in your calendar. Put that in your schedule. Put this in your determination, in your intentionality, and grow. Where are you right now? You can't grow if you don't know where you are, right? 
Where are you right now? And be real with that. Where am I? What seed am I? A, what seed am I? And be honest about it. Like I'm this seed and I'm being choked by the, by, by the cares of this world. I, I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it. If you can feel it, you're seeing it. If you're seeing it, you say it. And when you say it, you call it out and you're ready to be the seed that grows and produces fruit. You have to make that choice. You have to. Nobody can make that choice for you. What seed are you? And then what seed do you want to be is your next evaluation question. What seed do you want to be? I have a feeling all of us would say, I want to be the, the seed that produces fruit, right? I don't know if there'd be many Christian girls that would say, oh, I'm okay being choked by the world. <laughs> but that's, that's where I want to be. I'm pretty certain 100% of us would say, I want to be a seed that produces fruit. I don't know how many of us would be bold enough to say, I want to be that seed that produces a hundredfold. Because honestly, that's, can I be honest? That scares me a little bit. Because to produce a hundredfold, those are deep roots. That's, that's, that's a big cost. That's a big cost. I don't know if I personally am bold enough and brazen enough to get on my knees before my king and say, I want to be that seed that produces a hundredfold. I'm just being honest. That scares me. Could you imagine what that looks like with that hundredfold? I don't know what that looks like, but I know what, I know what fruit looks like. I know what it feels like to be that seed that's rooted and fruit is visible from it. I know what that feels like. Oh, and I want more. I want more. How do we do that? We follow Jesus in verse 39. And Jesus again Jesus again went away. Where did he go? He went to his father. He went to his father. This is Jesus before he produced his final work, his final fruit that benefited you and me today. He went to his father and he prayed. And he prayed the same prayer. And we have a snapshot in here that he prayed it three times. I have a feeling in the 33 years that Jesus Christ is alive on earth, I have a feeling he and his father talked about this a time or two. Don't you think? I don't think this is the first time Jesus thought to pray, hmm, this cup is really big. I don't think this is the first time he talked to his God about the depth of what he's getting ready to do. He prayed the same prayers. What is your prayer? When it comes to who holds forgiveness and what you want to come out of that, what fruit do you want to come out of your forgiveness growth? What fruit do you want? Write that prayer down and then pray. And then pray and then pray. And go away and pray. That's what Jesus did. And Jesus is fruit. Look at Jesus' fruit. You are, we are the fruit of Jesus' prayer life. I want to teach for another hour and a half. Mark, go, go for it. Mark, Mark 14, I highly, highly implore you, read all of 14. Read all of 14 with Mark 4 next to you. Look at the four seeds and look at the lives. Look at the lives of where they were. And if you want to go deeper, if you need more space in this, if you want to grow even more in this, 
look through the rest of the New Testament. Go through church history and look and see what happened to these seeds. What happened to Judas Iscariot? What happened to Peter? What happened to James? What happened to Mark, the very author of this book, who Mark talks about himself in verse 51 and 52? Mark. Mark knows what it's like to be all these different seeds. Mark knows. And if you have this study guide, there's verses in your study guide for today's lesson of where Mark is mentioned in the New Testament. I didn't spell out each book, and I don't know why I didn't, because I always write books in full. Um, but it kind of looks like a code. I noticed that this morning, that one of them says 1P. That's not like a secret code. It means First Peter. And I don't know why I didn't write out First Peter or why I didn't write out Philemon. But there you go. You have a code in your study guide. Steady Mark. Oh, let's pray. Heavenly Father. Lord God, your word is so rich. It's so rich, and I want so much more. Even just right now in this study with women inseparable, in your word, I want so much more. I don't want to stop teaching. I pray, Heavenly Father, I pray your spirit will continue teaching my heart what I'm craving to get out of this passage. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you are teaching your words upon every single heart. I pray that your teaching will not ever stop. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will teach in each and every one of our hearts exactly what our heart is hungry for. Oh, how hungry we are for your words. How much we thirst for your words. Oh, Holy Spirit, teach us. I pray that our ears are open. I pray that our ears will hear what you are saying to each and every one of us. Father God, I pray that we will produce fruit, that we will be women that produce fruit, fruit of forgiveness that is such freeing, freeing and rich fruit. Lord God, that fruit affects the lives of so many people around us. It affects our own life and it deepens our roots in your love. And I pray, Father God, that you will do that in each of our lives today. I do pray for the names uh, that have been shared, the names that have been quieted within our souls that, that we struggle with when it comes to forgiveness. I pray, Father God, for salvation for each and every one of those names. I pray for forgiveness within each one of those hearts. I pray that they will know where they are in you and that they will grow and abound in the love of the father lord god that is my prayer i thank you jesus christ for dying on the cross for our sins jesus i thank you for shedding your blood and jesus christ i thank you for your power over death your power over sin your power over the grave i thank you jesus christ for rising from the dead and for giving us life life eternal and I thank you that we get to live that life today. I pray that we will for your glory. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WIOnline. If you need prayer, contact us at womeninseparable at gmail.com.